For today's episode, we are again diving into the German business world. Last time we covered Utka, Boss, and Bayer. Today, we have a little sampling platter of companies from listener suggestions. So thank you to everyone who submitted a company. We're very excited to get into it. Ted, you want to lead us off? Yeah, absolutely. First, let me hear that ice cold Fanta opening. Okay, now we're ready to go. A little, a little foreshadowing. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> I knew one of you was gonna do it. Yes, I, I will lead it off actually with probably maybe the most notorious Nazi business. Um, I should say German business who collaborated with the Nazis, not a, not a literal Nazi business. Krupp Steel became the chief arms supplier to the Prussian and then German Empire. It was really a huge reason for German success in the Franco-Prussian War and pioneered a lot of rail technology as well as arms technology. During World War I, it made the huge rail guns that um, blew up a lot of like Belgian and French forts in the war and the Paris gun, famously, uh, that was could shoot a shell so many miles that they could actually hit Paris with it from, from actually well, well away from that behind the German lines. And so Alfred... Um, I think it's fair to say like he's a bit more he's like got a little more swag than his elders. He's not like this old kind of stodgy guy, right? Like he has awful politics as well. And actually until his death apparently never disavowed his allegiance to Hitler. And that steadfast allegiance proved quite profitable for him as uh Hitler was quite good to Alfred Krupp. Um he actually signed a law that liquidated all of Bertha's shares, who was his mom, and then dispossessed all his siblings of their ownership of the Krupp company. So Alfred had full control of the company as basically a reward for his loyalty to Hitler. Hitler actually mentions Krupp in an address to the Hitler youth. He said, quote, in our eyes, the German boy of the future must be slim and slender, as fast as a greyhound, tough as leather, and hard as Krupp steel. That gives you an idea of how <laughs> industrial manufacturing, uh, particularly, specifically Krupp, is kind of tied into this like Nazi ideal of masculinity, which I found quite interesting. So I actually, uh, despite the fact that I, you know, quote unquote, work in the media, uh, did hadn't. <laughs> so do you? Or do you? Never, <laughs> we've got media elites on the pod. Had, We're recording a podcast right now. <laughs> I had never heard of Bauer before, but it is you know one of the most once the large. It's one of the largest publishing companies in the world. But um, there's really not actually that much information about sort of their Nazi history, and they have somehow like remained kind of unscrutinized, which I will get into in a little bit. And so from the, uh, this is actually from the uh, NDR, the Norddeutsche Rundfunk, um, which published a story after the Spiegel investigation. I think they're also involved in, in the investigation somehow. They describe how the, so the most successful magazine for the company at the beginning of the Nazi regime um, was this radio program magazine called Funkwacht. Um, in 1930, it had a circulation of about 40,000. And then seven years later, 1937, the print run was, uh, so its circulation had increased to 450,000. So they um, hugely increased the circulation uh, during this period. And 
I was basically like a magazine that published published information about radio programs. So I think like it published like when the radio programs were airing. They published like information about the shows that had aired that week. And like including some transcripts, I think from radio shows. Well, uh, everybody had to be like, "Well, when is the Hitler speech on the radio?" Exactly. And they, so they had to subscribe to Funkfach. Yeah, <laughs> and and yeah, and the Nazis really used these magazines. Like this was one of many of these sort of radio magazines. Um, so they used these magazines to influence the population. They actually, with the Nazis, withdrew the right for n- newspapers to print information about radio programs early in the uh, Nazi regime, um, which then meant that there were only a handful of magazines, including Funkfach, that could actually spread this information, which the Nazis could sort of more easily control. Um, So basically, if you wanted to know something about what was on the radio, um, which I mean, maybe seems kind of silly now, but like, if you're thinking back, you know, 80 years, like the radio was hugely important. You, you had to sort of depend on these radio magazines like Funkfacht. And so, yes, the, the NDR says that Bauer and this Funkfacht magazine undoubtedly benefited from, from this sort of Nazi policy of only allowing these, these radio magazines to, to print this inf- radio information. But then also, and this is sort of a, a bit more obvious and blatant, the, the magazine also published some fiction. Um, so Funkfacht also published some fiction, including the serialized story from the autumn of 1933, which like just totally outright glorified um, National Socialism. Uh, the story is about a group of social democratic anti-fascists um, portrayed as corrupt and incompetent. And at the end of the story, they end up in a concentration camp. Uh, and then some of the, some members of this uh anti-fascist group are brought back to real national socialist life through physical labor. So pretty sort of blatant uh, stuff there. And just to close out on a fizzly note, on a fizzy note? Yeah, on a fizzy note. On a fizzy note. Fizzly is also. We're gonna, don't don't fizzle out. Shoot. (laughs) Um... Fanta was actually invented during World War II in Nazi Germany, so it seems worth mentioning. Fanta. (laughs) Yes, as Ted (laughs) alluded to at uh, the top of the show, of the show, the episode, there happened to be massive shortages during World War II where the Coca-Cola company, which had a plant in Germany, could not access some of their ingredients to make Coca-Cola, and they were forced to improvise and create a new drink from what they had, which was beet sugar whey and, like, the remnants of apples. Like, if you just, like, crush apples and probably make, I don't know, applesauce out of it, and then you have, like, the rest of the apples. Yum. So that's what they had. Word of wisdom, right, to anyone thinking about establishing like an autarkic fascist dictatorship is you might lose your treats you might you lose might, your sweet yeah. treats so it's, think about that before you do it <laughs> fanta celebrated its 75th anniversary in 2013 with an ad alluding to the history of this drink and i think we should actually like blended in at the end here for those German speakers. Vor 75 Jahren waren die Rohstoffe für die beliebte Coke in Deutschland knapp. Die Mitarbeiter von Coca-Cola, ziemlich schlaue Köpfe, mussten sich etwas einfallen lassen und hatten eine zündende Idee. 
But basically you had like the little anthropomorphic Coke bottles dressed up in aprons and the narration is explaining that while there were just these certain ingredient shortages, I don't know, that was it was just happening that they're at this point in history and at this point in time, they didn't have certain ingredients for some reason. And the smart people at Coca-Cola had to get creative. And it basically ends, it's like this very like bright, colorful, happy ad that ends in saying, for the 75th anniversary, we're bringing it back. We're bringing back classic Fanta because we love the good old days. <laughs> and they literally said this, they were like, gut wie früher, nur heute. So like, as good as yesteryear, but today. Hey, it's producer Isaac here. That was a preview of our premium episode. You can listen to the whole episode if you become a supporter of Spaßbremse on Patreon. There will be a link to our Patreon page in the show notes. And if you're not able to support us monetarily right now, we totally get it. There will be another full-length episode coming to your podcast feeds next week. As always, thank you so much for listening. Tschüss!